0: Hello, and welcome to an emergency edition of the Ford Press podcast presented by golfweek.com. I'm your host, David Dusak, and I'm joined by Beth Ann Nichols, my co worker and colleague at Golf Week and USA Today Sports. Beth Ann had an opportunity to talk with the new CEO of the USGA, Mike Wan. And in the podcast you're about to hear, you're going to learn about who Mike Wan is as a person, some of the challenges that he's going to be facing as the new head of the governing body of golf in the United States. Boy, isn't that a grand and exalted title. That's like, I want that on my business card someday. Then we obviously talk about how Mike Wan is going to be handling the distance debate. We're going to talk about the U.S. Open, the U.S. Women's Open, and how Mike Wan, as a former commissioner of the LPGA Tour, will be looking to try and enhance women's golf going forward. So now we haven't done too many emergency podcasts here on the forward press because let's face it, um, golf doesn't necessarily have emergencies. Thank goodness. <laughs> we, we had one, unfortunately with COVID shutting down the PGA tour during the players championship last year. And now this certainly warrants it. I'm joined by Ann Nichols from golf week and USA today sports. And Ann is one of the people who is breaking what is going to end up being, I think one of the most impactful stories and impactful pieces of news we're certainly going to have in 2021 and potentially mm-hmm. beyond. Um, Beth Ann was fortunate enough to get a one-on-one interview with the new CEO of the USGA, Mike Wan. So number one, congratulations, Beth Ann.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Mike popped on onto my screen, uh, with, with Sue Francis, the USGA president and, and Craig Annis from the USGA. And, uh, I go, Hey Mike, you can't get rid of me <laughs> from LPGA commissioner, uh, still around here for this news. <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, it was fantastic.
0: So Number one, for people who may not be aware, explain exactly who Mike Wan is and what is the job that he just took over? I think that it's it's one of those things where it's a, it's a great and exalted title, but to day-to-day <laughs> golfers, it, it might not necessarily mean anything, but but it actually means a lot, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. So so Mike Wan uh, is replacing Mike Davis, and Mike Wan is the man who saved the LPGA Tour not once but twice, uh, to hear many players tell it, and, and they're right he he was in charge of the lpga for 11 years announced that he was stepping down um and and in, in january just last month uh, which surprised most people uh that it was happening right now so soon still in the midst of the pandemic but the 2021 lpga schedule is fantastic it's record-breaking and that's a testament to mike juan and his relationships that that he built over the past decade so uh, those relationships are key and will be key in his new role as USGA CEO. And, you know, he obviously enters at a very critical time with, with the, the great distance debate going on. And, and uh, it's, a, it's a heated topic. Uh, and, and I think that, that Juan is the perfect fit in order to bring all the parties together. He actually has a strong background in, in, on the manufacturing side. He used to work at Wilson and TaylorMade and knows all of those players really well on that side. Obviously, served on a lot of committees, has close relationships with all the, the, the heads of all the golf organizations, uh, all the tours. Jay Monahan is a close ally. In fact, he said that he wasn't really sure if he, if this was the right move for him or that if he was a good fit, and he made a, a few phone calls, and, and one of them was to, to, to Jay Monahan. One of them was to Keith Pelly and Mike Davis himself. And, and, you know, he had a lot of, you know, please do this response. You're, you're, you're the right guy for this. And, and let's continue the momentum that we've built. Because now a lot of the, the, the stuff that gets done, shall we say, in the golf world is done by group. And that, and that wasn't the case five years ago. Now they all jump on conference calls and, and work together as a team to move the ball forward, which is going to be crucial in, this dis- in solving this distance problem.
0: So how much do you think uh, Mike had to be convinced in order to take this job or how much do you think there was him thinking to himself and to his inner circle? Look, I just did yeoman's work trying to enhance women's golf and working with the LPGA tour. I'm sure it was really gratifying for him. It should have been because he did a great job as you noted, but at the same time, his departure from there was not all that long ago. Did, do you think that he was anticipating having, Uh, I'm a little bit more lengthy downtime. Or do you think that things just sort of lined up and he became the obvious choice? How, how hard was it for the USGA to get him into this role?
1: Well, Stu said that he'd wake up at three in the morning, uh, <laughs> out of a dead sleep, worrying about Mike Juan and whether or not he's like my wife would be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> it's like I'm worried about Mike Juan. I'm worried You're he's out. Mike Juan, I'm here in bed. I mean,
0: what else are you doing?
1: Yeah, I know, I know. But, but you know, he said, in the words of another committee member, "Shame on us if we don't get this done." So the USGA knew that he was their man. Stu said he was the shining light out of all the candidates. It was the obvious choice. And I think for Mike, you know, he he certainly likes to, as he says, you know, go about life with a shorter rope. You know, he 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 wants to jump off the cliff. He wants to be nervous on the first tee. You know, he wants he's okay with all of those things, and 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 he actually thrives on that. You know, he he, he thrived on the challenges of 2020, and 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 in a way, looks looks forward to all the challenges that this new role presents.
0: So you and I talked a little bit yesterday as we sort of came to understand that this was going to be happening and we sort of were chatting a little bit about Mike. And one of the things that really struck me is that you said that he runs towards the fire. He runs towards the emergency. (laughs) He doesn't sort of shy away from it, which is the exact opposite of me. If I see the disaster, then I'm I'm out the door. But there are people who look on challenges and look on big challenges as great opportunities, which is a really positive Mm -hmm. way to look at it. Um, what do you think will be his biggest challenge as he walks in the door what is priority number one in your opinion for mike juan
1: well i mean i think mike is a tremendous communicator right and and so he's got to get everybody as he called it an industry huddle on the, <laughs> he's got to get everybody to the table and 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 lead that discussion for the for the distance debate because yeah. you know i think that's you know that that's what's in the news, right? That's what everyone's talking about. Uh, but beyond that, you know, the USGA's had a lot of public relations issues <laughs> of late, and issues around their biggest championship, the U.S. Open. You know, and 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 trying to communicate who, what is the USGA? What what do they do? What is why are they important? And how do they help the average golfer? You know, and and Mike said something really interesting. You know, it's at the end of my story. He said you know, I want to preserve the game. Sure. But before I do that, I want to promote it. And as long as I'm the head of the USGA, no one's going to be a louder promoter of golf than me, you know, and I thought, I thought that was brilliant, you know, because I I really think Mike, he's, he's not stuffy. He's not, you know, he's not somebody that, you know, you think as, you know, you know, hoity-toity, right, highbrow, you know, Mike is, Mike is just an, an easy guy to talk to and relate to. He speaks off the cuff. He likes to be transparent. And I really think that, that people will be able to relate to him. And whenever he figures out what the message is, <laughs> that he, how he wants to explain what the USGA can do for you and why we're, why we're here, you know, I, I think people, people will follow.
0: I think that's a really important point because you and I both have good relationships. I think, obviously, you you do because you got this interview and I got one a couple of weeks ago as it related to distance um, with Mike Davis and some other folks from the USGA. I think that one of the biggest challenges that that the USGA has in its organization is that there feels like oftentimes to me, and I think to other people in the industry, that there is a distance between the USGA and what they're trying to achieve and how they go about their business and quote unquote, the rest of golf, that there is Mm -hmm. um, this joke that we sort of have about the blue blazers coming out and we see this kind of thing. And there's this formality when people are talking about the USGA and what they're trying to do. And it would seem that one of the the things, and I'd like you to sort of agree or disagree with this, that would be appealing about Mike is the fact that he is approachable, as you're saying, Mm -hmm. The, the fact that he is someone who doesn't necessarily come from that background, yet he has... The industry knowledge and understanding to be able to you know, build bridges is sort of the cliche, but make the USGA as an organization a little bit more transparent, a little bit more open. And mm-hmm. how important is that part of what Mike is going to be doing to the overall role as that, that, that he's going to be taking over in Far Hills?
1: Yeah, so I think, great, right, the USGA literally makes the rules, right? And so a lot of times, you know, you don't like the rule makers. <laughs> so unfortunately, they're oftentimes delivering um, delivering news we don't want to hear uh, as a player, especially, but uh, and sometimes as a fan. So I think I think, and, and Mike Watt is not a rules guy. You know, he told me he's going to have like, anytime someone calls him with a rules question, he's just going to fast forward it to Thomas having a button. I'm just going to fast forward this to Thomas pay. I'm not, I'm not going to fake it. You know, (laughs) that's not my strength, but you know, all jokes aside. So, so partnerships, that's, that's a word that, that Mike also uses a lot, Um, used it a lot at the LPGA. And, um, and I think that that you're going to hear that a lot too. He's not looking at, you know, the USGA is not going to make decisions, whether it's on the, the, the distance debate or, or, you know, other, other hot topics, you know, alone in the halls at headquarters in, in Far Hills, it's going to, they're going to be part of a broader discussion. I asked him a grow the game question. And he said, you know, this used to be something that you would ask every different organization separately, you know, and everybody would have their own take on it, you know, and he's like, and, and, you know, we're not really operating that way anymore. Now it's, you know, coming together as an industry, having an industry wide solution. And, and that, so, so in a, in a way, I think that's, that's a key part of it, you know, that, that Mike's already, you know, Sue said we could have hired, you know, a CEO from, you know, another fortune 500 company, you know, loves golf, has a deep passion for golf, but doesn't have any of these connections. And it would take him or her years to develop these these relationships and 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 be able to move the ball forward whereas mike is you know ready to to roll you know 100 miles an hour out of the gate because that's that's the only speed mike Wan knows <laughs> and the osga realizes that they're gonna have to start moving at a much quicker pace than they're used to and and he said but we're prepared for that and 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 mike held up his uh coke zero bottle to the camera as a nod to you know what what gets him going through the days so, uh, it's usually something along those lines or diet mountain Dew, or something like that. And, um, and that, and that, you know, that's the truth that that's, I I expect things to feel a lot different at the USGA uh, and look a lot different under Mike Wan because, because Mike's unlike anyone else that they've ever had at the helm there.
0: So one of the things that I saw recently was a picture of Jay Monaghan walking down a fairway with Rory McIlroy. And I give Jay a lot of credit as basically the person who runs the PGA Tour of having excellent communication. It would certainly appear with the most elite players, the biggest voices in the room. He Mm -hmm. is talking to them, I think, on a fairly regular basis. Golfers like Justin Thomas and obviously, like I said, Rory McIlroy. He's talking with people. He goes to I'm not going to say every PGA Tour event, but he goes to most of them. And that is not just to press the flesh with the corporate sponsors and to work on the financial side. I think he's also talking with a lot of the players. One of the things that I think could be a challenge for somebody in Mike Wan's new position is that you are sort of overseeing all of golf, if you will. You know, Mm -hmm. there is the competitive game that we see at the U.S. Open and the U.S. Amp, the competitive game at the Women's U S open and the women's am as well as junior events and all kinds of different things. How much do you anticipate that he is going to try and go out and be a part of elite golf that we might see on television, not just that one week a year when the women are playing the U S women's open or the men are the playing the U S open is he, do you anticipate going to try and create a little bit more communication with, especially the elite players? Rory been pretty critical of the distance studies to this point. And mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mike is already aware that there's there's communication <laughs> that needs to happen there.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's you know, that's one of Mike Wan's strengths, right? And he's a relationships guy and and, and he has such great relationships with the LPJ players and you know, they, they certainly feel like they can, you know, basically say anything to him, you know? And uh and so I think that that he will make that a priority. I also think that his relationship with Jay Monaghan will go a long way. If if Jay says to Rory, hey, Mike's a really good guy. You know, he knows what he's doing. I respect him a lot. I think that goes a long way for Rory, you know. And, and And when Rory passes that message along to, you know, the next player and the next player, I don't think it takes very long for people to realize that, you know, Mike's not just a guy that, you know, saved the LPGA you know, hey, he—he he, this, this is the rest of his background as well, and why he's a unique fit for this position. And so, you know, at first, you know, I'm sure there will be a learning curve and players might be surprised by this decision. But but Mike's had a seat at the table for a long time now. And and so I think that the, they will respect that and understand that.
0: As players on the LPGA Tour are waking up and learning about this announcement and are Realizing that the person who was the commissioner of the LPGA tour is now the head of the USGA, what's going to be the reaction amongst the women who, on that tour?
1: I think a lot of them are going to say, "Good for the USGA." You know, they're they're well done. They got a good mm-hmm. one. Um, there, there's probably going to be some regret. You know, that again, that he left us for them, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but I also think they're going to do what I do, and they're, and they're going to think immediately to the U.S. Women's Open. right? And they're going to say, okay, you know, and this is what I said to Mike. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask a women's golf question. You now oversee the biggest championship in women's golf. Right. Can we get to equal purses? I mean, that's where my mind goes immediately because the U.S. Women's Open, the USGA drives the bus to get – to push everyone else to 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 reach new heights in in closing that pay gap. And so, you know, Mike Juan is the outside the box thinker, you know, he's I, I'm really interested to see what he's willing, you know, to do to push the envelope and 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 how the conversations might be different when he goes to perspective, you know, s- presenting sponsors perhaps or, you yeah. know, who knows what what will come down the pipe where where you know, Mike will open some doors. That all of a sudden, you know, things are looking different for the U.S. Women's Open and 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 players that will get players excited because if you can move that to equal purses and and push and show a model that other organizations, other governing bodies can follow to create, you know, this whole major landscape of equal purses like tennis, mm-hmm. huh, we're in a whole new world, you know.
0: Yeah, it's I think it'll be a challenge. It's not something that I would hold his feet to the fire on in the first year or two, because as you said, it's no. it's going to take a long time to sort of get to that. It took tennis a long time. It took tennis to have a champion like Billie Jean King, who literally did hold everyone's feet to the fire and threatened boycotts if mm-hmm. they didn't get better pay. And guess what? It happened. And lo and behold, yeah. after the U.S. Open tennis championship gave equal prize money to women, the other major championships sort of fell in line. And there are some financial differences it's just the reality between men's golf at the elite level and women's golf at the elite level. But that doesn't mean that the women don't deserve significantly more than they get now. And you aspire to have equality. I mean, we and we should aspire to have it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is going to be Mike's approach to trying to promote the U.S. Women's Open, given his background, not just for the players on the pay side and potentially sponsorships and, and those kind of things, but what would you anticipate we're going to see over the next couple of years from the USGA, specifically promoting the U.S. Open and women's golf?
1: Well, I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to see some of the venues that we've long wanted. I mean, obviously we have Pebble Beach and Olympic this year, but I'm hopeful that there, you know, we'll hear some some good news, uh, you know, down the road that some some other venues that have long held U.S. O- U.S. Opens, men's opens, will will now host the women. Um, I'm I, I, of course I want a back to back. I'm wondering if, um, you know, if if Mike Wan can say, Hey, we're not going to wait till 2035, you know, let or whatever, you know, let's move some stuff around and make this happen. You know, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what all will happen right away, but, um, but you know, those are important things, you know, the back to back, the venue, um, you know that those are steps that you take to to create more buzz around the event you know
0: you and i have had this conversation on the forward press podcast before about one of the reasons why i think well this year the u.s women's open held the champions was so special because it was the season's final major it was like Mm -hmm. we got this thing at the end of the year and it was like an early christmas present it was fantastic (laughs) and it, it created buzz and so many of the other championships when they have really taken off have been at these elite venues, and it's not to disparage any of the venues that are on the schedule to this point, but for example, I'm not aware that the women have had a U.S women's Open, for example, at Wingfoot, and everyone was just going crazy, rightfully, that the men were going back to Wingfoot after Jeff Ogilvie's vigor- victory in 2006, and we got Bryson and D and we got a, a tremendous event. And we, it was great having been there at pinehurst i believe that was 14. i mm-hmm. think we're all getting a lot older now because it seems like it was yesterday <laughs> and it was great to have a back-to-back i'd love to see the women go out there first um i don't think that it's always should be that the women necessarily um go after the men i but i would love to see the women for example go to Tory pines and that's a venue that they haven't been to but it is one of the reasons why I like to think Torrey Pines and Pebble Beach are the reason why you get a big screen TV is because it's so <laughs> breathtaking. Why can't they do that? You know, there's no reason yeah. why they couldn't do that. We've, we've had them, thankfully, at Oakmont. Paula Creamer wins her U.S. Women's Open there. I, I think it would be great if, if there was a rota of U.S. Open courses for men and women to share and – the more that the women have an opportunity to play on what is perceived by the public to be the most elite level courses. Mm -hmm. Shinnecock, the U S opens women at Shinnecock would be amazing. Um, (laughs) How much do you think he is going to be getting in? So Mike Davis sort of became the face, if you will, of the U S open, how much would you anticipate? Maybe not in 2021, but after that 22, 23, how much are we going to be seeing Mike Wan as the face of the U S open for the men and for the women? How much is he going to be out there for that stuff?
1: Well, I mean, I definitely think he'll be out there, but it's a little different in that, you know, he's not going to be, you know, figuring out where the team markers are going or the whole locations, you know, or, 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 or answering the questions, you know, at, at the end of the round about the yeah. controversial ruling on number 12 or why that green was running too fast. You know, I, I, I think he, um, you know, he'll certainly, he'll certainly be there. He'll have a presence. He'll, you know, be telling you about all the, the big things that are happening, but um, but it'll be different. It'll be more of a CEO role and less of a nitty gritty about championship play, which which quite frankly is good, right? Because there are capable people at the USGA um, that are that are perfect for handling that, and 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 that actually creates a separation a little bit more, I think, um, so that so that Juan can handle and tackle the 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 other big picture you know, issues. But but it was funny because I, I asked Juan because he has a thing where he writes down his big ideas on cocktail napkins and puts them in his briefcase. And I said, well, have you written anything down on a napkin yet? And he held up his legal pad and it had like seven bullet points on it. And I was trying to like lean in to read, <laughs> but I couldn't. And I said, I said, so care to share anything that's on there? And then he said, well, I'll tell you what's at the top. And, and on the top of the list was invest in the best. And, uh, and he said look we've got to invest in our championships you know we can't just rely on the historical significance of, of the opens or the amateurs you know we, we have to invest in them to make them uh, feel like an experience like no other and uh, and i and I thought that was that was really important because obviously the men's open is what drives the bus to yep. fund all the rest of the championships
0: so I think you would probably agree with me. It would be awkward on your first day or in your first week to have cocktail napkins <laughs> right afterwards. I'm just guessing that that might not be the move you would want to make. But I'm glad you made the move over here to the forward press, Bethann. I know that your time is crazy busy on a day like today. So thanks very much for coming on.
1: Thank you, David. It was fun.